Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this week's episode of Unwritten. Cold strike three and Schwarber is thrown out of the game. Making it very clear. You've missed him inside, outside, up and down. Oh, oh what are you doing? He threw him out of the ball game. You gotta be bathing me. What in the hell are you doing? You gotta give up your shot. Okay, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. RS is in the jackpot now. Hello, and welcome to Unwritten from Odyssey and MLB. We're going behind baseball's secret rules to define them, explore their history, and decide their place in the game today. My name is Ron Darling. With me is Jimmy Rollins. As a player, there's a very fine line of what you can say to the ump and when you can say it. You want to let the ump know that you're serious when he missed the call, but one wrong word, he kind of can take you out of the game. For an umpire, there's constantly managing those two sets of rules simultaneously. Uh, The written rule book and, of course, uh, unwritten codes. Excited to have longtime umpire Fielden Colbert, who's going to be here with us. Now, Jimmy, you played 17 years in the big leagues and only got ejected a couple of times. So yeah. you know something about the unwritten rules. Uh, tell me about your confrontation with umpires. Uh, you know what? I, I always, at least I felt I had a great um, relationship with umpires. Uh, I always tried to work them to my favor, not necessarily always for the strike zone, but, you know, calls out in the field, hey, I need this tag. Uh, when I'm still on the base, I need you to really get down in there and see that that I put a swim move on him and he didn't tag me or I beat the throw by a millisecond. Um, and today's game, obviously, you have the replay, so I don't know if you have to have those same relationships. But, you know, I, I didn't argue too much. Um, I think I would express myself in my body language or look uh, more than anything. And, I mean, there, there were, you know, a couple times, obviously – when you're facing a great pitcher and you're the hitter and you feel like they're just giving too much on one side of the plate, look, and it's always been like, you, you know, you can't call both sides of the plate. It's impossible. You can't see both sides of the plate. And that's usually the case. They're going to give more to one side than the other. So you need to work that in your favor. And, you know, I remember facing Roger Clemens and uh, I think it was Paul Nowrit behind the plate. And, you know, um, I, I'm doing well in my career off Roger. You know, it's one of those pitchers that you step your game up because, you know, you know, the Rockets on the mound that day. And he's giving pitches. And I'm just like, man, I, I, I know there's no way in the world those balls are strikes. Uh, so I say those pitches are strikes. And, you know, he kept calling them. I look at them. You know, he give me the look back. And not, not much needs to be said. You know, a, a look can say more than words. And I actually look often does more harm than words. Uh, a look followed by something very small can actually get you kicked out the game. Shoot, a look like I gave on a strike three call and then just tossed my helmet you know, towards the dugout and looking back, not even realize I got kicked out the game. That uh, was the first time I think I got kicked out the game. And, you know, but for the most part, I always thought I had a good relationship with them. Um, and, and most times I would say something – um, at the plate, it'd be like, you know, just make sure my guy get those calls too. Some, you know, something the catcher says a lot. But, hey, I, look, I, I'm at short. I see what you're calling. <laughs> That's right. When, hey, hey, and trust me, there are plenty of times on the defensive side, which I guess I left out. If it was a pitch I felt should have been a strike, I'm at short. I throw my hands up, and I know the umpire can see me because I'm right behind the pitch, and I'm throwing my hands up like, where is that? I've been watching you call that all day, and now we get to this critical part of the game. And you want to call it a ball. So I felt that a good relationship. I never showed them up, but I definitely let them know when I felt they missed a call. You know, when I played, it was uh, it was um, only American League, National League. So each league had its own umpires. Mm-hmm. So you knew everybody intimately um, because you saw them. It seemed like you saw them every single day. And you know, you knew as, as opposed to now, every umpire kind of gets graded on their strike zone. And it has to fit within the framework of what they think is a strike. And I'm talking about the Major League Baseball office. 
Uh, in those days, everyone had a different strike zone. Yep. One guy would give you inside. One guy would give you up, outside, up or down. Uh, one, of, one of the umpires was a little salty, so you had to make sure you <laughs> stayed out of his way. And then there were other guys who were just simply the greatest guys that you could really, really talk to. There was one Doug Harvey that we used to call the Lord because he was like a Moses character. And uh, I remember once, I, I thought he was missing some pitches, and I was walking off the field, and I, I said, I said, Doug, Doug, those pitches are close, right? He goes, they're missing by two inches. Wow. <laughs> like, you're that I, good. Yeah, you're that freaking <laughs> good that you can say they're missing by two. But, uh, you know, what I always like about hitters, and you were trying to explain it there, and did explain it, but I love when hitters step out, not step out of the box, but just get a strike call in the outside corner. They kind of step out and they look at the umpire and they'll say, I don't know, what, what do you say? Because I know you, you think it's a flat out ball. But right. you're either asking him, is that as far as the strike zone goes? Or are you asking him, you sure that's a good pitch? Or what are you saying to him? It's both. I think early in the game, it's, it's, it's the prior, hey, you know, we're not going much further than that. Like that, you know, I need to draw a line. I need to know where your line is. Because if you're going to expand the zone, that's fine because I'll make the adjustment. But I just want to know that's it because if you're giving, you know, those two inches, you know, <laughs> off the outside edge, that means the inside edge is closed off two inches, right? So don't give two inches um, off the plate and then call, you know, a half inch or inch on a plate because now 17 inches has turned into 20 and that's an unfair advantage. And I think later in the game, you're like, you know, now that we've established where the edges of, of your strike zone are, hey, come on, man. Hey, that I got that off. You, you haven't been calling that all night, you know, or if a guy has been calling it all night, you might look back, but it's like, well, all right, you have been calling all night. So I guess I really have nothing to say. I haven't made the adjustment. Okay, so the unwritten rule is that you can criticize a call, but you can't personally insult an umpire. You shouldn't look at him. Um, and, and there's also that's the That's a tough one, though, Ron. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You shouldn't, yeah. but, but sometimes yeah. it happens. And also there's the magic words. There's some words that are more magical than others that will get you thrown out of the game. Um, batter catcher turning around, especially catcher. If he turns around and argues mm. a call, he's in trouble. But if he doesn't, and you can see they're looking sideways, and the umpire and catcher can be going at it. But if he doesn't mm -hmm. stand up and look at him, maybe he can get through. Um, umpires, this is another unwritten rule, I think. Umpires should be cognizant of this is a big moment. I mean, the defensive team's got to have it. The offensive team's got to have it. They're arguing because this is the game. Right now is the game, so you should be more tolerant and be able to take a little more from guys that are arguing from a position of passion. And I think the, the, the final one for me, and I think this is a really important one, um, and maybe you can address this. You've played with some managers that have had your back. Come protect me. I mean, you know, I'm not arguing because I just want to be argumentative. I'm arguing because this guy's horse today, and I need you to come out and, and address that. Managers play many roles. They, they have different functions uh, throughout the course of the game, throughout the course of the year. Uh, the protection um, of a player, it, it, it starts before the game. It ends never. Uh, maybe when you're fired as a manager, you no longer have to protect your players. But that is definitely one thing, especially when your star player is complaining, especially if your star players are going through a slump. And they do feel like they're getting screwed and squeezed or expanded, whether it's a pitcher or, or a hitter. Um, they, they have to keep their temperature on the player. They have to keep their temperature on the team, which way are we going. And in those situations, the manager is less valuable than the guy that has to go out there and pitch, throw, hit, make a defensive play. And, you know, the umpire has to know what's going on. Like you said, to keep this cool, to understand what's happening with the player. And when a manager steps out in front of them, look, you know what's happening. Don't throw both guys out. Choose one. You know, people don't come, don't come to see the umpires. We say that as players all the time. People do not pay to see the manager, although they love the manager. They want to see the stars on the field. So, 
you know, if you got the player chirping at you and you got the ma- manager chirping at you and the player hasn't given you that, you know, that, that magic word or, or, or magic combination of words and you see the manager running out, look, I'm not an umpire, but throw him out and that sends the same message. But you keep, that, you keep the product on the field. You know, the, the history of umpiring in the game was pretty funny because when they first started out, before World War II, part of the entertainment value for the fan was to scream at the umpire. <laughs> uh, was to um, you know drop what is the four eyes thing they they would say to umpires maybe you need some glasses right, all of those right. things that was part of um, when baseball was kind of uh, in the heyday of just turning into professional and it was still occasionally um, some seedy stuff going on the umpires mm-hmm. would always be um, kind of ridiculed. And then Bill Clem and other umpires came in, revolutionized the game with chest protectors and protecting themselves, uh, being more professional, to the point where I think in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, in the 90s too, um, a lot of umpires were revered. You know, there were certain Mm -hmm. umpires in the game that were kind of above the game in the sense that, oh, so-and-so's behind a plate. Well, we know we're going to get a professional effort tonight. And right. you knew how to identify uh, those that were good and not good. The problem now, though, is that you have umpires that are umpiring American League, National League, and they've got to adhere to one strike zone, uh, which I think is what the players want. You know, they want one strike zone. They don't want uh, different umpires and all that. And I think because of the social media age that we live in now, my dad was an umpire when I was a kid. And I used to go to games, and people would be hooting on him for two hours. He used to, I mean, I was like six or eight years old. He used to like drive me crazy, um, and he didn't care at all because he knew that was his golf money. You know, like he'd right. use that and play uh, play golf the the next week. But um, but I think because of the way we're at right now, and we can, there's even a website, uh, not even a website, uh, a site on Twitter that rates the umpires. So they mm-hmm. give them a grade after every game. So they, they are not out there uh, doing whatever they want to do. Um, they're going to be called out. And I think that must make it difficult on them, right? I think so. Um, I would love to see it go back to an umpire having their own strike zone. As you said, you knew when, such, when, someone, was, when someone specific was behind a plate, as a hitter, you knew it. As a pitcher, you knew it. Not not this, you know, universal strike zone, which I think floats a lot more than your personal strike zone. Hey, you know, I like the ball down in a way. So, y'all, if it's out there, don't be surprised. You know, um, the grading system, look, the black on the plate is a ball. It The black frames the white, the 17 inches. So when a guy says the ball is on a corner or the ball is on a black or it's in a buffer zone, what you're telling me as a hitter that it wasn't a strike. And when they put in, put it into this grading system, it, it it qualifies as a good call. And as a hitter and as a pitcher, you're trained to literally hit within a certain area, throw the ball within a certain area. You guys, you know, as pitchers, work the black and then a little bit off because if they're going to give it to you, why throw the ball over the plate? That's the dangerous part of, 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 the, of the strike zone. As a hitter, we're like, we don't want to swing at a ball a millimeter off if we can't, if we don't have to. So to know that, look, this universal, we're going away. Fielding's behind a plate. Joe's behind a plate. Chuck's behind a plate. You know what you're going to get. And you, I think you can make that adjustment daily. But when you have a universal and it's like, this guy is trash within this universal strike <laughs> yeah, zone, yeah, yeah. that becomes frustrating. Yeah. For sure. Do, do you, um, what's your feel about robotic umpires? I'll tell you mine. I, I'm not for it. Uh, I've talked to many people that the robotic umpires are in play, and um, I've heard everything from they're not good to it's a joke, um, and maybe someday they'll have the proper technology that'll work. Um, but I shouldn't I shouldn't um, cloud your judgment. I I don't right. like it because I like the umpires. I think they're part of the aesthetic scene of baseball. The umpires coming to the plate and the ground rules and and doing what they do. Um, I would be for, um, you know, if you're not getting the job done, just like as a player, um, you might have to go to the minor leagues and, and work on your game and, and get a little better. But what do you think about robotic umpires? I, I don't like it uh, for the fact that it's just continuously taking 
more human element out of the game. That's what makes it fun, uh, you know, seeing those strike three calls. Uh, Tim McClellan on those days, you know, he, he, he was like, you know, the Lord, you know, on the day that he had behind on plate. He'll get the strike three call, batters going one way, taking the stuff out, catchers running off, and Tim's behind the plate doing the, yeah, you know, just <laughs> cameras on me, his moment. And, you know, love it or hate it, that's what it was. It, and, and, you know, and as a position player, I hated it being in the field just like, dude, that ball was down the middle and no one's moving. And then it's like the clouds or the sea separates and Tim doing his famous, you know, pulling the chain on you or, you know, Tom Howie with the hug. In a, in a pull down, all those parts that became entertainment. Um, no, I didn't like, I was, you know, getting calls missed, but that's the human element of it. Look, I'm not perfect. The pitch is not perfect. The umpire is not perfect. No one is. So let's leave that in there. Hearing a ball, a strike, it's, it's you know, just part of baseball and, and not that um, things can be tightened up. As you said, hey, look, demote a guy. Yeah. You know, we've said that for years. They're, they're what we see or have heard or have learned, whether it's truth or not, they get demoted by getting a two-week vacation and go think about it. Oh, hey, you know what? You, 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 you're going to miss a game or, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Go, go to Hawaii or to the Bahamas and go think about that missed call or why, you, why, why you're missing so many, you know, pitches. But, yeah, give them a review. I understand that, you know, they have their rights. But, man, like you just can't continuously be bad. And not that it makes or breaks your career, but for a guy that's struggling and, look, this is a big outing and he feels like he's being squeezed and everybody knows he's being squeezed, they will – no organization will let that be the reason. It's like, well, other guys pitch well with this guy behind the plate, so you got to go down. So why can't the Empire go down? Well, Unwritten here with Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. We're lucky to have Field and Colbreth uh, with us. Now, this first question has nothing to do with umpiring. Now, Jimmy Rollins, cool name, but, you know, um, <laughs> a name you can grow up with. No one's going to make fun of you because the name's Jimmy Rollins. Ron Darling, not a great name to go up, grow up with. Darling, as a six- and seven-year-old, you have a little issue. <laughs> Field and Colbreth, where's that name come from? Well, it is a family name. I am actually the uh, the third, and my son is the fourth, and that's where it ends. But uh, it just handed down. Uh, you would think that uh, with a name like Fielding, that I would have been on the other side of the field, uh, but that's not exactly how how it turned out. So, uh, was not that great a fielder, and certainly wasn't uh, wasn't much of a hitter. So, well, um, you're a great umpire though, from 1993 to. 2021 crew chief for eight years, two world series, um, two no hitters. You were on the field for, um, what was your experience, uh, as an umpire? Uh, was it everything you thought it would be? You know, it really was. Uh, I had no idea what I was getting into. I had never umpired a game in my life. Uh, I played, uh, baseball up to the division one level and it all came crashing down with an arm injury. Mm. Really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, so it just so happened that my college baseball coach had been in, um, uh, in uh, professional baseball as an umpire. So he talked about it all the time, but you know, nobody paid him any attention. It's the umpires. Right. (laughs) So next thing I know it's all over. I don't really know what I want to do because I was that guy that, you know, I, I, I did my work in school, but baseball was what I thought of. Next thing you know, it's, it's over. So I go sit down with him on the bus coming home and he says, you know, maybe think about umpire school. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Right. <laughs> so uh, one thing leads to another. I asked one of my teammates if, if what he thinks about it, we pack up and we go together and both of us end up in the game. As a matter of fact, the other guy that went with me, Eddie Bean was the umpire in Kenny Rogers perfect game wow. and then he and then he was released that uh that year wow yeah. wow that's a nice that's a nice gift after a uh perfect game, <laughs> oh, take that with you exactly. yeah. i'm glad you asked that question and you gave that answer because i always wonder what makes someone want to umpire knowing 
that you're going to get scrutiny from the fans. One, right. they're probably the loudest. Uh, but the most important are both dugouts. You know, what comes your way, uh, things you put up with, things you decide that you're not going to put up with, um, understanding how you may affect the game and how you stay out of your own way inside of the game's way. So what, what, what are the keys to being a good umpire? When I say good, meaning you take a lot, but knowing where the limit is and understanding you know, the importance of the game, who's pitching, who the batter, the whole situation? Well, you know, that's a great question. And you learn a lot of that starting with where I am right now, now that I'm evaluating some of the minor league umpires. It starts down in uh, rookie ball, just like it started with you guys. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you go from high school to college, maybe, to professional ball, and the, the game starts evolving for you. You know, things that you used to do, you don't do as much. Things that used to bother you don't bother you as much. And you learn how to play the game at the professional level. Well, the same thing happens with us as well. You know, I'd never umpired, never thought about umpiring, but starting off in rookie ball and then A ball, double A and triple A, all those steps taught me the different levels of what takes place in a game, how it takes place, why it takes place, all these different things. And then on top of that, you learn along the way that, listen, what makes a great umpire is the guy that goes out there, simply does the job that's in front of him, doesn't pay attention to anything else around because it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I seldom looked at the scoreboard because the scoreboard, the scoreboard didn't matter to me. It's of no mm-hmm. interest to me. Uh, I always knew when the game was over because – the players and the fans all of a sudden just started to leave. Uh, <laughs> so, so looking at the scoreboard was irrelevant. Uh, it didn't matter if it was one to nothing or 20 to nothing because it shouldn't. Um, I never along uh, in my career, I never during the season looked at the standings. The standings mm-hmm. don't mean anything to me. I show up and work the game that's in front of me. That's the only one that matters that day. It doesn't matter if one game's 20 games out uh, or or the one team's uh, one game out or both of them are fighting for the championship. Why should I umpire any of those games any differently than what's in front of me that minute? And you learn all those things, and that's how you adapt and and become, I think, very good and proficient at this job is that the outside noise, you just don't hear it. Boy, what what insight, field And I I never ever thought umpires never. It's like a golfer who doesn't look at the score, the the leaderboard because he's got to keep executing the shots. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read something from Bill Clem, uh, you're one of your Hall of Famers, and he he had a cool quote, and I wanna I heard a little bit about your perspective, but we'll see. He said most baseball fans feel that these verbal and physical public humiliations go in one ear and out the other. Well, they don't. They go in one ear and go straight to the nervous system, eating away coordination, self-confidence, and self-respect. Is he right or wrong? Uh, you know, do you hear it? Yes. Does it have any effect? For me, not once. For one simple reason. I played. I wanted to be safe. I didn't just want to be safe. I needed to be safe, right? <laughs> I needed to be safe. So, so all of a sudden it doesn't go that way. But that's just emotion. That's all it is. It's 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 not all of a sudden I turned because I jumped up and said to a, something to an umpire that I'm an evil person. It's just an emotion. And I think 99.9% of the umpires get that all the time. They understand that. They realize that you're typically upset at the, the situation. Uh, at the the uniform I'm wearing, I, I, I don't take it personally. And then on top of that, you know, Jimmy, Ron, it's just like your next pitch or your next uh, at bat or your next uh, uh, swing. You can let it bother you, <laughs> and that's going to make for a bad night. Or you can put it away and get on with what's next, which is your next call, because there's no call that's more important than the one that I've got coming up. So um, it – it really had no effect on me just for the simple fact that it, it just, it couldn't, and I couldn't allow it. And I don't think in all my time and face it, I had some, my mother had some things said about her that she would not be very happy about, (laughs) (laughs) but 
I can assure you not one time thinking back on it now, do I ever look at it and think, and I think he really meant it. He was just emotional. And that's the only thing it, it, it registers now. And because of that, just doesn't matter. And I could vouch for that. I mean, you, you know what umpires are hotheads. Um, the umpires such as yourself, where it, it literally seemed like it didn't matter. You called what was in front of you. You understood the importance of the game. But it was like, look, my job is to call safe out ball strike. And that's pretty much it. And you did that. I can honestly say every time you were there, I was like, all right, we got a good one. Like, you know, the, the, the standings didn't matter. The score didn't matter. You called the game behind a plate out on the field for what it was. But when you have a guy in your crew, especially a younger guy who maybe, well, for sure, hasn't built up the tolerance that you have, the understanding at this level, uh, what it takes to be a good um, umpire, how do you bring him into the fold and what are the lessons, if, if you can uh, share those with us, that you try to give along the way? Well, I, I, it's probably no different than your locker room. You know, you've got the guys coming up that you see them do something, whether it's uh, uh, what he says to an umpire, whether, whether the way he handles a home run, the way he handles this, and you, you talk to him. And, and if I see something that, that appears to be a problem as a crew chief uh, with one of the younger guys, I, I, I take him in and talk to him and just let him know that, hey, listen, you're going to have to let these things be exactly what they are or this it's not going to be a fun career. Mm. It's going to be mm. a difficult career. You know, you can do that in a lot of ways. We can beat on ourselves in a lot of ways. We can, we can die a little bit with every play that we miss. And we're all, you know, you, you do die with every at bat and every pitch a little bit, mm. but you cannot let it, you know, you can't let it dominate uh, the rest of the game for you. And, you know, I, I, I just try to sit with them, talk with them, let them know that, Hey, listen, you've got to get past some of these, these feelings that you might think that you have about what just happened and took place with what somebody did or, or what they didn't do. And just, again, umpire what's in front of you. If the person says enough to be ejected, then they're ejected. If they don't, then they're, you handle it from there. I, I believe that umpiring is a 50-50 deal. It's 50% ball strike safe snouts, and then it's 50% handling people, mm. handling situations. And I think they both go hand in hand. And I think the better umpires, and when I say better, it's a very loose term because, I mean, there's some people that are unbelievable with ball strike safe snouts, but maybe they don't handle people quite as well. And then there's guys that handle people unbelievably well, but maybe not just right where you'd like for them to be sometimes ball strike safe now. So I believe it goes hand in hand. And when you have a really good one, it's when you get both. And I, I can tell you at the big league level, most guys have the ability to do this unbelievably well. Bruce has got it. Crawford goes. His throw is on the money and he's got it tied. And he got it right. Obviously, there are some combinations, maybe one word, maybe it has to be a group of words, sayings that everybody know um, hits below the belt. What what are those words? And, and I would like to frame it as in at what point you're like, OK, that's enough because, you know, they're getting close and whether they're trying to egg you on or get you to egg them on to that point. And we talk about protecting the players. Yeah. What are those words and instances where you would okay, this is automatic, and okay, I got to let this ride a little bit because I understand the situation. Well, there's there's a few ways uh, of looking at this. First of all, there's certain rules. Uh, 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 a manager, a uh, player can't leave the dugout to argue balls and strikes. I don't get any choice. It's a rule. They mm -hmm. have to be ejected, okay? And there's other situations where you cannot argue, and if you do, it's automatic ejections. So those take care of those things. Uh, not everybody knows them. Not everybody realizes it's that mm. part of it, but that doesn't leave me. That's like me saying, well, today you only get three balls. I don't get to make up that. Okay. <laughs> if I wish, 
yeah, right. Uh, if you do, if you uh, do any of those, uh, commit any of those violations, you're automatically checked. The other ones are when I call a strike on you, for instance, you start saying something. It's it's really cut and dry. It's there's not a. I mean, as long as you're just arguing the the pitch and you're saying that you think I'm wrong and that it's this, you can use the foulest language in the world. And that doesn't matter. You know, this is, this is, it's baseball and it's grown men playing baseball. It's, we're not in church. Mm-hmm. We're on a baseball field. So you can say whatever you want to say about that pitch, that call, that anything. It's when you direct it and get personal. Mm-hmm. Typically it's when you put the word you in front of it, mm. unless you're saying you are really good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> anything shy of that, when you put you in it, I can assure you, you have, you have the word following that automatically is about to cross the line. Mm. Okay. Because think about it. You are about to say, you are this, you are that you are whatever your mother is whatever your mm. whatever again you talk about the pitch to play up into a point where it just gets to where i have to say hey jimmy i get it okay you're just arguing the pitch but you're being you know vulgar about it yeah. jimmy i get it but but we we've got to move on we got to get the game back going we're fine there until you just won't leave and then i have to eject you but I warn you that that's about to happen. The other parts are just when you put you in front of it and the word that follows, if it's vulgar or personal, you're going to be ejected every time. So that's horse <laughs> as opposed to your horse <laughs> all day long. That's uh, you can you can. That's horse <laughs> all day long. I, when I go home from Myrtle Beach to my house, I'm going to get that's well, I'm going to get your horse. <laughs> too for my wife <laughs> okay but uh she will tell me that's horse all day long okay and that's just that's okay and that's okay on the field when you your gets in front of it i mean think about it guys if you just kind of put put yourself in 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 my shoes or even just switched it if i said that to you mm. I'll guarantee you that wouldn't fly. <laughs> so true. It would not fly even a little bit. Even if I just said, Jimmy, that was a bad at bat, that wouldn't fly. But right. if I said, you're a hitter, <laughs> oh my goodness. So there's we got something things, to talk about. <laughs> we got something to talk about. And I understand that. And that's the only thing. Like I said, you talk about the play. Man, we can talk about that up until the point where we just got to get it moving again. But when you put the personal part into it, then the the conversation's over because you and face it, we're all grown men out there and we've all got to be somewhat in control and responsible for ourselves and what we say and do. Ground ball, right side, Cabrera will cut it off. Galarraga covers. He's out. Oh, he's safe. Jim Joyce, no! Jeez Louise. Oh my goodness. What a travesty. Dylan, I was just uh, thinking that you're going to be the answer to a trivia question forever. So the first reviewable play happened in spring of 2014. You were at first base. You made a call. It was reviewed. You were um, correct in your call. Um, one, that must have been uh, sublime to have to go through that. And then two, um, where are you at uh, with where um, replay has gone and is? Well, I've, I've got a few ways of, of answering. First of all, let me take care of that, that being the first. I don't know if you can remember <laughs> this. Was, they had the truck out in the parking lot and it was this grainy of video. So listen, even though I was ruled to be correct, we still have no idea what I was <laughs> Let's be honest with ourselves here. I'll take the check mark as the first one to be correct, but uh, we don't know. So uh, anyway, I'm kind of torn, Ron, Jimmy, for the simple fact that I still love what I do and and what it is that I bring to the game. And and 
I love the game of baseball. And, and man, I love the game of baseball with all the acne and scars and everything that come with it, right? So mm-hmm. I like it the old, quote unquote, old school way. However, I get technology and I get uh, the evolution of things. And because of that, replay comes in. And I will tell you this, you know, because I've, I've been fortunate enough to be on the field where I missed a call uh, and then had to, again, die with it that night, knowing that I was wrong, knowing that uh, more times than a night it didn't have an outcome, but sometimes it certainly played a, a, a role in the outcome and then having to, to sleep with that all night. So it's nice having replay and cleaning that up. Okay. But the, the purest in me still looks at it and goes, man, you know, we're still unbelievably good at what we do. And is this broken? You know, is it really broken? You know, uh, last year I was overturned uh, six calls six. Is that broken? I mean, six calls. So, but it is what it is. And, and again, I'm fine with that. Uh, it's here. It's not going anywhere. Uh, I guess I'm just going to have to come out and say that, that, uh, you know, I think it's, I think at the end of the day, it's been a good thing. So mm. it tears me up to say that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, I think it's good for the fact that for those six calls, I knew that we were able to to clean it up. And I, I, I hope that one day people realize that it's not the it's not the six calls that I was overturned or the number of calls that get to replay. I hope people really understand at some point it's the number of calls that never make it to that room mm. that you need to concentrate on, too, because thousands and thousands and thousands never get there because of the people you have on that field. That's great. And that's true. I, I don't think you guys in, in that regard get enough credit. And as a player, we're never going to give you the credit. I mean, <laughs> because I said, like I said, we need to be safe. Yeah. We I need that guy to be out. Like we need this pitch. Like, what are you doing? And it's always wait. And then you go back and look at the replay and it's like, damn. All right. Well, I mean, and full speed. Yeah. That was a hell of a call. And slow motion, ultra slow, 4K, HK, TV screen. It's like, (laughs) how could you miss that? Or, dang, he got it right. But with the automated strike zones or – and I'm I'm, for some reason I'm glad for replay. Is it true – and I've always wondered this, and, you know, not with everyone, but – and the show is called Unwritten. uh, Is a makeup call a real thing? Because I feel it is, yes. I mean, there are times where you see – guys get squeezed or, and you know, the next end is like that strike zone just got a little bit bigger for that pitcher, or you call a strike on a hitter and a hitter expects you to make up, you know, like, well, that was a bad call. And you might acknowledge like, dang, okay, my bad. Or, you know, you kind of sometimes give them that yeah. look and we expect for, okay, well, I get one back. Right. And it doesn't happen. And often as a hitter, not me necessarily, but as a hitter, that's when we really get into it. And get into your face or turn around and say something because it's like, bro, you just called a pitch in a dirt that the pick that the catcher picked. And now he throws one that's 50 50, probably a strike. And you give him that also. So is there such thing as, as, as a makeup call? And if there isn't, is there other than going to sleep and, you know, sleeping and sleeping with, as you said, is, is there a way to, I guess, make up for it in the course of a game? The answer is absolutely not. The answer is no to everything above. And here's the reason why. I know I can see that smile thinking, you better come up with something good. (laughs) Here's the thing, uh, Jimmy and Ron, is is that I call the pitch as I see it, okay? And quite honestly, very seldom do I know right there at that very second that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I believe that I'm right. Just mm-hmm. because you think I'm wrong. Well, imagine that Jimmy Rollins thinks that I'm wrong. <laughs> so, so, so that just happens. But here's the main reason there's no such thing. Everybody thinks that we're not held accountable. I can assure you, I've never called a pitch in the big leagues 
in the last, I don't know how many years, that isn't on record somewhere. I can assure you I'm accountable for every single one of them. That being said, because I'm graded on those as well, if I'm wrong, why would I go and be wrong again? Mm. Purposely, I can assure you, and this is the reason I say uh, that you can bring on the, uh, the the pitch machine or whatever. Jimmy, I never, ever in my life, and if there was a way that you could cut open my head, open my brain, and this brain couldn't lie to anybody, you would see that it <laughs> says, that's the truth. Yeah. I never missed a pitch on purpose. Mm. I might have missed them because I'm sure I know good and damn well that I did. But I can assure you that not one time was a pitch ever called on you that I just went, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call it a pitch a strike because it's Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. That just doesn't happen. I don't care who the batter is. I don't care who the pitcher is. It just didn't matter. The pitch comes in. First of all, you got to understand this too. That pitch isn't just going 100 miles an hour for you. It's going 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. for me too. <laughs> I don't have that kind of time to sit and think about, oh, that's Jimmy. You know what? I think I'm going to get him on this one. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work that way. I, I like it. The pitch is fast. It's not just because I'm an umpire that it somehow magically slows down to where I can go. Yeah, I know exactly what that is every single time. And whether it's a just a hair off the plate or what, uh, I know what it is and this is what it's going to be. Uh, Jimmy, I'd love to tell you something that made you feel better, but the, the, the truth of the matter is this. When that pitch came in, when I told you it was a strike, when I told you it was a ball, was exactly what it was to me. Uh, I was certainly wrong when I went in there sometimes and found out, but I can also tell you that that was very seldom also. There was missed pitches. There was misplays. There was all this, but there was never a makeup. Because I will also say this, if I had to make up a pitch or if I had to, if Jimmy Rollins did something to me where I say, you know what, I'm going to call a pitch on Jimmy a strike no matter what, just to get even with him, Mm. then I should have ejected you for something. I should have never let it get to the point where I've got to drop my integrity, drop what I do for a living to feed my family just to get a strike on Jimmy Rollins. That's not how it works. Wow. I, I love, I love that answer. You know, I get asked by fans all the time. They're like rabid fans. I'll be on the subway or something. They'll go, he was so bad. How could he be that bad? And I, I would say the same thing. Do you ever think any player goes out there to be horse? <laughs> never. Right. They never. Right. No one, there's no. no one in the history of the game that's ever gone out there and trying to be bad. And the same goes for the umpire. So feeling, I got a final question for you. Yes, sir. So I would think with your slight Southern accent. That, I've got an accent. I've got well, an accent. Slight accent. Slight accent. Slight <laughs> accent. I would say there's got, I would think there was an unwritten rule that a guy like Charlie Manuel, who you threw out twice in 2005, <laughs> that you'd be brothers and that there's no way that you would hear what Charlie was selling and throw him out. Um, two, two part question. One, how did that happen with Charlie a couple of times? And, and two, and more serious, I guess, um, what is the aftermath after you throw a player or a manager out? You're the crew chief. You made the, you threw the player out. You come back to the umpire's dressing room. What do you have to do after that? Uh, first of all, I, I think I ejected Charlie because neither one of us knew what the hell either one of us saying to one another. <laughs> so, so I just figured at some at some point the 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 best way to end that idiocy was for me to just get rid of Charlie because I still had to. St- <laughs> no, listen, it's just you know it's just the way it works. Yeah. Uh, once again, it's like anything else. Uh, man, I never took Charlie anybody else for anything other than what the man's out there doing. Whether it was he was really upset with the call that I made, whether he was up there to uh, to protect his player, to get him out of there, would rather be in a situation where I eject him as opposed to the player. I understand that. I mean, again, you can't do this for so long and not understand exactly what's going on, exactly when it's going on. Now, I will say this, with the evolution of the game a little bit right now, I question myself a little bit more because I don't 
it's not the game that I grew up with in some of those respects. So, so there's a few more things you can slip by me today that you couldn't when I first got in. I never, I never really believed in hitting a man with a changeup, but <laughs> in today's <laughs> game, I don't know. So, but you know, when you get in the locker room and you've ejected somebody and, you know, the first thing I do is, is as a crew, we talked about it, talked about how, you know, was it, you know, this, that, and the other. And, you know, cause again, I think if you're good at this, you continuously practice and talk about the things that took place because it's a, it's a, it's a pretty heavy responsibility to travel around the country. And people think that we just get to eject people out of a major league baseball game. I can assure you that's not how it works and that's not okay. You know, uh, we, I always love when people say people didn't show up to see you. Well, I've got a pretty good understanding of that. Okay. <laughs> Don't ever kid yourself into thinking that anybody on that field that wears the uniform that I wear thinks anybody showed up to see them. At the same time, there are certain things that have to take place and certain guidelines that we all have to live by out there. And I would say that both you guys know good and well what those are, you know, uh, that, if you stay within those guidelines, there's not going to be any problem. But once that does take place, take place, get in the locker room, uh, you know, uh, you have to call the ejection in. You have to write the report and put everything in there that exactly how it went down with the fruitful language and everything. There, it's exactly. Jimmy, <laughs> you're on record right now. <laughs> I, I often wonder who's the person that's on the end of these things reading them and what they must be thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Because at this point, they must think my mom was some kind of human being. (laughs) 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 Some of the things that, like I said, that she was called. So, but I always, uh, you know, you put it down just like it happened and, and you don't, you don't pick and choose the words you put down exactly how it happens and then let the powers that be decide what they want to do with it from there, which I never cared about. I, you know, I'm, I didn't care if the person that I ejected uh, was fined. I didn't care if he was suspended. I didn't care about any of that for one reason. I, I get paid to umpire, not make those decisions. Mm. And on top of it, as long as the ability to eject a person for doing and saying some of the things they said was never taken away from me. Well, then that's all I really cared about. I didn't yeah. care about the rest of it. the outside stuff didn't matter. Well, Fielden, uh, we're so lucky to have had you on here with Jimmy and I on unwritten. And even more importantly, uh, after spending time with you as a supervisor of these minor league umpires, I know we're going to have guys that come up that are better balls and strikes umpires. I know we're going to have guys that come up that are better safe and out. But even more importantly, they're going to be better men when they come to the major leagues because of people like you. Thank you, Fielding. Well, I certainly appreciate it. I hope that uh, that I'm able to impart some of that in them. I can tell you that that was part of the reason I, I wanted to do this and, and do it back at the minor league level where it all started. And and it's it's fun. I'm enjoying it. It's everything that I hope that would be. And if I'm lucky, they'll all uh, pick up something umpiring-wise but leave the accent out of their uh, daily routine. So. <laughs> Phil, you're great, man. I, hey, I appreciate Phil, it. I've you. learned so much um, from your perspective because as players, a lot of times we do take the side that you guys just don't care. You know, yeah. you're out here to get, get paid. It. It's hot. You ready to go. Maybe you have dinner reservations, you know, all the things that come your way. So to hear that, you know, you, you do take it and digest it and think about it. But like any other uh, profession, you have to keep going. You keep pushing forward, and you look to to better yourself and help to do better than you did the next time out. So, thank you for your time. Well, I appreciate both you guys, and I appreciate you giving me the the, the opportunity to bring our perspective to it. And uh, and I, I, I thanks for uh, thank you guys both. Okay, Jim, we come to the final verdict on our show on written about umpires and, and uh, how far you can go. What do you think? I think I just learned that if I can, or anyone decides to use the word that over it, you can say whatever you want. 
I mean, you can go as hard and as long as you want, as long as you don't say you, because we all know, even in personal, in a, in a personal uh, realm, that when you say the word you, it becomes very accusatory. You better choose the words wisely. So I didn't know that. I thought it was just a combination, and you yeah. know, you know, throw, you know, the MF and all that stuff. It that doesn't matter, as long as the word you um, isn't you. So I'm glad I know that. That is an unwritten. Uh, that I am putting into practice that when I go talk to the players, hey, you can say what you want. You can, this is how you argue, but don't drop you because it's hard not to when you're fired up and you really want to tell somebody there, you want to say you, but you have to stand the game. So let's word, let's change you to that and you'll be good to go. <laughs> I, I think that the confrontational nature, my final verdict is, the confrontational nature that you just thought was inherent with umpires and ball players, and that sometimes you didn't feel umpires respected you. And mm -hmm. I mean, like, you don't know how hard it is to be a ball player, brother. Um, I'm starting to learn that we don't know how hard it is to be an umpire. And uh, so my final verdict probably is uh, after talking to Field and then you and I talking on the show is that uh, more humanity is needed for all of us that are in that arena. So uh, hopefully it will be some. And hopefully we spread some gospel here on Unwritten with Jimmy Rollins and Ron Darling. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian Kay of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on baseball's unwritten rules. <laughs>